Hey guys, welcome to the Twin Tiger Show. My name is Tiger Aaron, alongside with Tiger Drew, and today we are joined by a special guest, former Mr. Clemson and current ACC Network analyst, Eric McElain. And for, for the most part, we're just going to get into the business from second one. So Eric, first off, it is awesome to have you on on the show this week. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm very excited that it worked out and we're able to sit down and talk a little football together. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, uh, Drew, go ahead and take it away. All right, well, so we'll go ahead and get it started. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a real Eric Mathone interview without doing <laughs> That's right, Drew. Let's go, man. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. All right, man. Uh, so just kind of off the roll, what, what's it really like leaving Clemson as, as a student athlete and then just, you know, finding yourself in that role of being an analyst now with the ACC network where you kind of have to be partial and not just. Yeah, right. Well, Drew, it's actually funny. Um, you know, we, I have my own podcast, Gramlick and McLean, and, uh, you know, we, we try to, you know, cover, we don't try, we do, we cover the entire ACC and, and go back and forth. And so for this championship game, uh, I, I wanted to do like a, a Homer podcast and, and for me to, you know, wear my Clemson colors and, and to be all tigers all the way. And it's funny after we like published it, the feedback that I got from uh, some fans was, dude, you, you've been gone too long. You're not Homer enough anymore. And I'm just like, Oh, even in a podcast where I'm trying to do it, I can't even do it anymore because I, you know, I try to just be super fair and, and objective and, you know, not biased to anybody, but I guess that is, you know, a good thing knowing, uh, you know, where I am and, and career wise and stuff like that. But I just thought that was really interesting to hear from people, uh, that, that I wasn't biased enough in that podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll That's go right. ahead and get ready to break out those orange colored glasses because we're we're definitely going to be that way over here. Um, you know, just kind of jumping straight into the title game. What are some things from from Notre Notre Dame that you saw in that first game that kind of shocked you? Maybe you didn't expect to see them do so well, and do you think they can? do Yeah, well, any I of think the thing the second time that around? was the most interesting about that first game and and just seeing Notre Dame and historically, you know, knowing who they are and and have seen them you know, twice, now three times uh, since 2015 and, and kind of having a good grasp of who they are. The team speed of this Notre Dame team is unbelievable. It, it is way far and ahead than, than ever before. I mean, they truly have that ACC speed now on their team. And, and I think that was the biggest thing is just seeing that and, and seeing them take that, those next steps because that was the biggest thing with Notre Dame uh, in the past is, is people could just blow them away and, and you know, physically maybe even dominate them up, up front on either the uh, defensive line, move those guys around easily. So I think that was the biggest thing to me is just seeing guys like Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in the country for Notre Dame, just absolutely flying around the field, making his impact felt no matter what piece of grass it was on that Notre Dame field. Uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa, uh, a guy that is just freaky fast, that loves contact, a linebacker that, you know, I think is really going to transfer very well to the next level and the NFL, a guy that has great instincts, uh, sees things before they happen, and he acts on it. So so two really good guys there. So when you talk about can they do it again, I mean, I don't think those guys are going anywhere. So I think they're definitely going to be able to replicate that speed uh, to, to see the escapability of Ian Book. I mean, that was a huge part of that Clemson game, him being able to extend drives, 
Clemson not able to get into the backfield and, and really, you know, cause him any type of trouble at all. I know we got to him a couple of times, but outside of that, I, I think we'll see more of that this game, especially with a couple of key linebackers being back. Um, and then lastly, just dominating on both lines of scrimmage. Notre Dame just absolutely imposed their will on the offensive line, on the defensive line, and really caused a lot of trouble for Clemson the entire game. It's going to be interesting to see uh, now with Tyler Davis back for Clemson, with, with the, the O-line hopefully you know, you know, beating their chest and saying, hey, let's go. Um, does that happen again, or does Clemson find an advantage and is able to, uh, to, to move the line of scrimmage themselves? Yeah, and I was I was sitting here talking uh, on our on our Discord earlier, um, not only with Tyler Davis being back, but you know I know we were struggling yep. to get pressure with with any kind of blitz really with the linebackers out and Tyler Davis out. But now that Davis exactly. is back and the starting center for Notre Dame is out, uh, how big do you think that is for for trying to contain Ian Book a little bit and just and maybe just getting pressure with the front four rather than having to blitz? It, it felt like we were blitzing a lot. Yeah, I mean it's huge. You're, you're talking about game. a 180 flip in power, right? You're losing your best player. If you're Notre Dame, you're getting your best player back uh, defensive lineman-wise for Clemson. So so it should be a, a huge matchup, something that everybody needs to keep their eyes on the entire game. But with that, you have to understand uh, that this Notre Dame offensive line is the best in the country. And with that comes depth. With that comes experience. And I just have to assume that those guys are, are going to have somebody locked and loaded. We've seen them a couple of times now, this backup center. And it's actually been two different guys. Uh, and, and they've been serviceable. It's not like they're slouches. So I do think it's going to be interesting, though, You know, at the end of the day, when you haven't been the starter, when you don't have that continuity and, and experience playing with you know, those other four guys around you, it, it's, it can cause some problems and it can be a difference. So that'll be something interesting. And you bring up the blitzes. I would actually expect them to, to do it about the same, if not even a little bit more, with that center being out, just because normally the center is the guy that targets people. So if you have a guy in there uh, that isn't <laughs> as confident or isn't feeling as good, uh, you know, about making those calls, you can confuse them and you can trick them a little bit uh, and show him some things that maybe he hadn't seen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I played center a little bit in high school, so anytime we would have <laughs> a right. backup, it always kind of threw everything off, just kind of switching, switching protections. But um, just kind of staying, staying with the ACC title game, let's flip it to the offensive side. I know on the, uh, on the Zoom call yesterday you were kind of talking about uh, expecting Clemson to run the ball better this game. And I, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with this, but I really expect with Trevor back there to to uh, kind of flip the running game over, um, just the threat of Trevor. And I know in the first time around, DJ had a bum shoulder. So, you know, you can't really risk him going out there and getting hurt and having to put in a third-string guy. But I think with Trevor out there, it's really going to flip – uh, how we run the ball and kind of what the defense has to expect whenever we are. Yeah, I mean, ball. Trevor Lawrence kind of being on the field, on the, the the best football player in in the country uh, is going to help. And, you know, of course, DJ Uyunglele just lit it up throwing the ball, right? He, he set the record for all-time passing yards against Notre Dame. So it's not like Trevor's going to come in here and, and do much better than that, right, if better at all. I mean, that was a, a wild career day. But what you just said is exactly right. He He is going to bring – so much more impact in the run game and the threat of the zone read. That's Clemson's bread and butter play. That's what Clemson does. That's what we did a lot in the run game. And, and you want to have a quarterback who's athletic enough, who can see it, who can read it. There were times watching back that game, as I'm sure all, all of us have, 
where Clemson ran the zone read maybe twice, I think it was, in the game. But both times, the defensive ends squeezed like crazy, did not respect the quarterback run at all. The the safeties come shooting down. And if Trevor pulls it, I mean, it's a 30, 40-yard game. And it, it isn't just a, a 10-yard, a, a six-yard gain. It is a huge chunk play. And I think that's what we're going to see. And if we don't, if they you know, uh, observe that threat and if they, they acknowledge it, then that's going to open up other things for Travis Etienne. That, that's now going to free him up where he doesn't have two of the best defensive players in the country zoning in just on him and trying to stop him. So I, I think that that in itself is going to alleviate a lot of different stresses for the offensive line, for Travis adding Trevor Lawrence back. And, and another thing with his running threat and just the overall threat of running with, with Travis Etienne, I think the RPO game is going to be a, a huge piece. You know, Notre Dame's safeties, Notre Dame's linebackers, they came screaming downhill every time that they saw any type of run action. And, and DJ even missed a couple of times, guys that would have been touchdowns. EJ uh, w- Williams right over the top, touchdown. Uh, Ngata right over the top, could have been a touchdown that the ball either sailed a little bit or he just totally missed them. Trevor's not going to miss those guys. Trevor is not going to miss those opportunities. And just, again, his threat, I think, is going to, you know, just exacerbate that, and and he's going to take advantage of it. So I can't wait to watch that part of the game, uh, a couple of matchups throughout this entire thing, but that certainly is high on the list. Yeah, and I mean, not even to mention that you're expecting to get uh, Frank Ladson back. I think that could be a, a really big help for us in this game. Um like you said earlier, uh, I know you're on the uh, on the Graham Lincoln McLean podcast, and I I've been listening to Out of Bounds a lot, um, and I love the little segment they do with the uh, what is more likely. So I got one here for you. Uh, what which do you think is more likely? Braden Galloway and Davis Allen combined for a hundred plus receiving yards, or Travis Etienne? Ooh, goes for if you wouldn't yards. have said a hundred plus on the ground, I would have went with that one. Um, not saying that it can't happen. Uh, but I, I think that's going to be tough. Obviously, this Notre Dame defense um, in, in whole ha, has done an amazing job. They, they've had like one running back go over 80 yards against them, and it was their last game, Syracuse, and it was just a fluke, right? So I think that that's going to be tough. I do think Travis is going to have to have a big day. I think that he has to go for like 150 total, so that could be you know 75 and 75. So, of course, that's under your mark there. So I'm going to go – uh, with the tight ends, you know, I think they're going to have a huge day. I think that both of those guys are are game changers. They're, they're mismatch problems. They're fast. They're sneaky. Um, you know, two guys that that I think really are going to have an impact. And Trevor, I mean, he he's thrown to those guys a lot this year. It's been very refreshing to see how much the tight end has been involved. Kind of going back to you know 2011. It feels like it's been that long, or maybe 12 with Brandon Ford. Um, you know, just getting these tight ends back involved with this offense like they should those, those guys are difference makers uh so i, I think i'm going to lean towards the the tight end number there yeah that's that's kind of where i was leaning on it also um so let's you know not necessarily game related but just a little bit um obviously you know you played at clemson played in tons of big games and played in a lot of orange britches games too uh, is there anything different mindset wise or handled at practice wise where it's just a different mindset when you know the orange britches are coming out or is it, you know, just kind of like says, <laughs> that's right. I'm going to give you a coach answer here, but that's just how, how we handled it. Right. When, when I was playing, uh, I really felt like that was 
one of the biggest accomplishments that we were able to make, you know, my senior year was truly treating every single game the exact same, treating every opponent with the same level of respect. Like it was a top two matchup. Like it was a national championship. It didn't matter if it was, you know, the Citadel early in the season, App State early in the season, or if it was Alabama in the national championship that year. We we respected everybody. We understood uh, the the gravity of the situation, how big the moment was, because unlike, you know, professional sports, college football, it's kind of like you, you lose one and, and you're in question. You, you don't control your own, you know, destiny. You need some help. And, and of course, there are years that are different than others. But, um, you know, anytime we're wearing those orange britches, obviously it's a huge game and, and it means uh, that, that there's championships to be won. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we, we try to, to keep it just playing football. Let's say <laughs> we're still getting two ACC teams in, or do you think Clemson has Man, to Man, I, I tell you what, before this last Tuesday, in. I would have told you there's no shot of Clemson being in if they lose this game. But with the committee doing who knows what, you know, I don't even know if they know what they're doing half the time, and, and moving Florida down one spot after losing to a terrible LSU team, a, a depleted LSU team at home. They're at Florida, and they get embarrassed by LSU, a freshman quarterback, and they drop one spot. It's just like the committee does not care about losses. It's the strangest thing. So to me, if if Clemson loses to the number two team in the country, how do they fall farther than one? And so I don't know if the committee did that in in hopes to that be the justification to get Clemson in if they do, in fact, lose, to say, hey, look, we just did this with Florida – we're doing it with Clemson this week. You know, what's the difference? Or if that was the committee's way of keeping Florida close enough that if they have, uh, you know, happened to beat Alabama in the SEC championship, they can then justify Florida getting in. So, man, I, I have no clue. I, I think that um, obviously we have the best shot ever for the conference to get two teams in. I mean, this matchup Saturday is is the most anticipated uh, the, the the most exciting, honestly, I think the best ACC game ever when you talk about what's on the line. And, and that's a that's a lot of years to talk about ACC games, but you have two versus three in, in a bid to go to a playoff, potentially getting both of these teams in a playoff. It's going to feel like a national championship. I mean, well, the good news is... <laughs> that's right, come on. Clemson's one about 14 Figured I'd, just figured I'd throw yeah. out a hypothetical. Hey, Drew, uh, real quick, um, any, anybody, if uh, yeah. you don't mind me butting in real quick, uh, just kind of sticking to the uh, committee side of things and maybe, like, I guess stay as close to Clemson-related as you can when talking about teams like Ohio State and teams like Florida and Texas A&M. Um, Eric, do, uh, did um, you have uh, any thoughts on uh, what, uh, on, uh, what Dabo said two weeks ago just about um, – about Ohio State's resume not really being there and, you know, as as respectful as you can be to what a lot of people would say is one of the best teams in the country, just they don't really have the resume, the display to really justify getting one of the top four spots. You know, man, it's interesting to look at it, right, because way back when, when the Big Ten announced this, we all had problems with it. We all said, okay, you're going to play – half the games as everybody else, and yet somehow expect to be competing for a national championship. How does that fare? How does that make sense? 
Um, so all, to be honest with you, I think the, the playoff committee should have came out and made some type of minimum. That They should have came out and controlled their, their playoff. They should have controlled their area and said, look, if, if you're not playing – you know, the average of all these other teams in, you're not, you're not getting in. It's just not fair at the end of the day. I mean, why did, why did we make Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame play 10 games? Why didn't we all just play five? Why didn't we all just play six? So to me, it's, uh, it's interesting that a team like Ohio State, and, and it just happens to be Ohio State because they're undefeated and they're at four. It could have been uh, certainly USC. It certainly could have been any other of these teams if they would have done the same thing and been undefeated. I just don't understand how they can take half of the risk, half of the chance to, to, to you know, mess with this crazy disease, half of the, the chance to get injured and yet still have the opportunity that all these other teams did. So with me, you know, I certainly don't agree with it. Do I think Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country? Sure. I just need to see more because historically they start losing around week eight. And week eight is never going to come for them. So it's a it's an interesting thing to look at. Um, I think it should have all been handled on the front end, but now we're having to deal with it. And uh, you know, here we are with a, a five win team sitting at number four. I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah, man. You know, it uh, kind of throws a lot of people off because if because if you look at their strength strength of schedule and their strength of record and even game control at some point nothing really bounces off the page for them and like it kind of makes you wonder well why isn't USC right. also ranked high right. if if that is the matter of being being in a position to still be undefeated and a conference champion it just kind of feels like there's a little bit of a uh, I won't say bias or pro Ohio State narrative because I don't think that's really the case just a just an attempt to get a team in who you th- who preseason hype had as national right. championship favorite had as a team who can win it all and their conference kind of dropping the ball big time and you're, and you're still trying to <laughs> well don't don't forget that we uh we changed all the conference rules to even get them in the championship too so it's uh red carpet has been oh, laid yeah. out for those boys i hope they can take advantage of it hopefully hopefully if they are to make it in and they Hopefully, do not play Clemson. They make it. They actually <laughs> well, make it to the, the championship let's game do it all again. for the first time. Let's uh, do it again. Let's in a while. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Drew. Um, back to you. Put man, the shots in there. Come on, man! I was so sad when that freaking Sun Belt game got canceled. Um, man, it just stinks because you have a team that is playing their hearts out that has an offense that is unbelievable. I know this is all about Clemson, but um, man, you, you just feel bad for those guys. And I hope you know ESPN and and you know the bowl committees. I hope that we can figure it out where we can have Louisiana and you know Coastal Carolina playing in a bowl game. Let it be the bowl game. Let it be the Sun Belt Championship. That that game needs to be played. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, just on the edge of starting to wrap things up. Uh, you know, it's I've personally enjoyed having Notre Dame in the conference. I think it makes it a lot more fun when talking about strength of conference. And you know, everybody gets so sick of hearing, "Oh, well, the ACC is terrible. They don't have anybody but Clemson." Do you think there's a shot after this year of seeing Notre Dame stay in the ACC? And if they if we do see that, do you get rid well, of Well, I'll take that second part first. I think now? we get rid of the divisions no matter what. I think that that is, that is the most um, 
that's the smartest thing that the ACC can do. Let's let's put our two best teams. I don't care if it's Coastal or Atlantic. Let's put the best two ACC teams in the championship and fight for our best opportunity to get into the playoff. I mean, you you look a couple of years ago, I think it was maybe 18, where Clemson's undefeated and they're playing like a 500 team in Pitt just because they won their side of the division when there's I, – I, you know, I don't even know who was in second place at that time, but there had to be a better option than a 500 team. Like, come on, let's do something like now where we are fighting for two potential spots. At least the winner of the ACC championship game gets to go to the playoffs. So I think we scrap divisions no matter what. I think that makes a ton of sense to get our best product in Charlotte playing in the ACC championship. Um, I hope that happens. You know, I don't get a vote, but uh, if I did, y'all know where I would vote for it. Um, But, you know, in regards to getting Notre Dame full-time, uh, I don't think it'll be next year. Um, I do think maybe within the next five years or so, uh, with, with the hire that we did for the new commissioner, which I think was a home run hire, I think Jim Phillips is going to really take the ACC uh, to new heights and to places that we haven't been before as a conference. And I think by you know five, ten years, I, I think he pulls Notre Dame in and, and we get them full time. Yeah, yeah, I I, re- I really would like to see them you know stay a, a mainstay in the conference and. You know, going back to the divisions, I mean, we missed out on so many great championship games the years where right. Clemson and, oddly enough, Florida State running the conference. Um, you know, we could have seen some amazing – Right, and that, I mean, that's what you want. Why Why would you want it any other way? So, I, right. I really, really hope – I can't stress it enough that we as a conference looked at the success of this year. Because, I mean, could you imagine if, you know, Notre Dame and Clemson were both in the Atlantic and, and that's not the championship. Two and three are not playing – in the championship game. I just couldn't I couldn't imagine that happening. Yeah, I mean it just it doesn't make any kind of sense to me, but uh <laughs> you know, that's why I don't get paid the big the big bucks, I guess. Um final question for you, man. Uh, Hold on, let me grab them real quick. Those, uh, All right, I got them. Orange I got them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh how do you see it playing out? Uh I don't you know, I know you work for the ACC network. I don't know if you can give a prediction, but I guess yeah, no, we, we, we've actually already given our scores for the show. Um, and, and I'm going, um, I'm going with the Tigers, obviously. And I think those guys are going to handle business. I think the game's going to be much different, you know, than, than the first game. And of, of course, we always think that, right? And then things go the way they do. But I think, you know, Clemson 35, Notre Dame 24. Um, I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I think the Tigers mm. pull it out. I think the Tigers cover. And, uh, you know, we, we get two ACC teams in the college football playoff. I love it. I love I've got, it. I've got 38-24. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, here's the deal. We played in Notre Dame the first time. Had 74 out of 22 starters out. We had white pants on, for goodness sakes. Come on, man. The orange britches are here. We're playing for a trophy. We got Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence, and that's all you need to know. Tigers are taking this from 38 to 24. There you go. Take it there to the bank. Go. I love Bring it. me the money. Man, man, you guys are making me feel bad with picking Clemson on the cover because I kind of got their oh, game okay. cover this week. And, you know, um, you know I love the Tigers. I love everything about them. And, one, I have the Tigers winning, so don't think I'm going to be like, oh, you know, this Notre Dame team's just – they're rolling too hot because – you know, as uh, as we've seen with um, some teams out of the SEC, unless you, uh, you know, the harder they're rolling, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And uh, I do think the uh, Irish fall, but I do think they cover. It's just 
I mean, Ian Book, I I said it in the podcast the week before the game, and now I feel like a complete fool. That man's a baller. That man's a fighter. He's a winner. You know, he uh, in in our first game, he was giving me some Deshaun Watson th- throwback vibes with just his his ability just to make linebackers miss, and not just any linebacker, like not a freshman. I mean, Balen Specter ha- like hasn't had like a lot of playing time, but he's he's played meaningful meaningful minutes, meaningful reps, and I mean, there are times where Ian Book had me sitting on the couch going, what are you doing? What are you doing, Balen? Like, come on, man. Like, you're, come on, I can do that. But, you know, I just think Ian Book keeps him close. Uh, I do think having, you know, Tyler and James back is going to change a lot about our uh, – a lot about our defense. And, you know, it's just, you know, like, like Drew said, just a lot of injuries. And, you know, I'm not making any excuses no matter what. Notre Dame was just the better team that day. You know, you can't give a team 10 points off of back-to-back fumbles and expect to That's right. win in their place. So, you know, it's just Ian Book's a baller. You know, Brian Kelly's finally figured out what motivation tactics he needs to get this team rolling. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, with T-Law, with uh, ETN, and who and what I expect to see, sweatshirt Dabo, <laughs> Kind of you, know, just, you know, Tigers, a, a ACC. Coat. It's, it's a little chilly up here. Uh, we're in the right. Perka, Perka Dabo. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's just, you know, ACC championship, ACC, another Clemson championship. You, you know, go. I'm taking the Tigers. All right. Well, Eric, you know, first big-time guest. Come on. And they don't really get much more big-time <laughs> than Eric McLean with the ACC Network. So yeah. we just wanted to say thanks again for hopping on the podcast with us, man. That's right, man. Go ahead and send us out uh, with another Wait, actually, time. pause, pause. Before we get out of here, I have to ask. Drew said one more question. I'm sorry. That was a lie. Do you still have oh, that challenger? No, Is no, that still I, your I sold it, driver? actually. I had to get a truck, um, so I sold the challenger. And uh, I'm driving Aww. a big F-150 right now. <laughs> All right. Does it at least have something oh, yeah. Clemson yeah, yeah, yeah. on it? So like seventy-eight on the back of the oh, yeah. license plate. Awesome, yeah, awesome, you, you know who it is when they're rolling up. All right, all right, all man. right. Well, I appreciate you guys. Can't wait for the game. Let's go.